This is Dr. Chip. That's Data Prince Alex. Welcome to the Blue Collar Dynasty Podcast. We're busting our backs, getting our jeans dirty, and playing next man up Dynasty football. We're giving you an in the trenches Dynasty talk every week. Follow and message us on Instagram at Blue Collar Dynasty and on Twitter at Born Football. That's B O R N E football. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen. And oh my God, I don't think my voice is going to hold with us. <laughs> well, I'll do all the talking then. This week, we're talking week four lessons learned. Let's get to it. Anyway, before we get there, we know there's just one thing we got to say. Where are my 12s at? What am I? What? Did you see last night's game? Oh, my God. I was screaming at the TV. I was happy. I was elated. I was overjoyed. I was every word that was good in the dictionary and more. All right. I'm going to be honest. I I missed the whole thing. I was in an emotional state of bliss after the Bills absolutely ground the uh, Dolphins into the dust. So, Look, it was a big week for both of us. Um, we're very proud of our teams. We just hope that is a sign of things to come and not a sign of the mountaintop. <laughs> yeah, you know isn't I mean? Gino injured? No, who said that? I thought Drew Locke was starting. No, he, he came in for a second just because you know Gino was banged oh. up a little bit, but he came back. See, I was know. following the, the game a little bit, <laughs> not enough. Listen, this is the beginning of the year. I've been saying the same thing. This guy, Daniel Jones, is not it. All right? He's not it. And I understand everyone saying, oh, his O-line was trash. They were all banged up, this and that. They make every excuse for this guy. Every single excuse for this guy. The Seahawks, left, starting left and starting right tackle, were were both gone. Corners, left and right, everyone gone. And we still put in work because – we got that next man up mentality. We're going to fight for our quarterback. Our quarterback's going to fight for us, right? And so for me, let me be honest. I'm saying this again. If Lamar Jackson was on the Giants, they will still have been expected to win that game yesterday because it's Lamar Jackson, right? But people didn't expect the Giants to win that game because Daniel Jones cannot carry them. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you have those holes in your offense, whatever, an elite quarterback covers up those holes, can you know, win you a tough game, keep you in a tough game, you know, based on that play. But this guy is garbage. I'm keep saying it. I'm gonna keep yeah. saying it. I was just so proud of my Seahawks for just further exposing him. But <laughs> I mean, even but people like Colin Cowher, for example, has been cleared. This guy, you gotta you gotta move off of him. He even told Dable, you need to resign. You need to get out of there because you <laughs> They're going to ruin your life. And <laughs> that was funny. So, yeah. anyway, and David was pissed off, rightfully so, like, you know, mm-hmm. especially after that pick six, right? Where he said, he like threw the, threw the surface out the way. Like, this is ridiculous. You know, because this guy, Daniel, he has no, no demeanor, right? He has no, uh, what's the word? Genesis quoi? <sighs> Ah, uh, that's not. Well, you know what I mean. Like he has, he doesn't have that. He that doesn't doll. have the confidence. He's not a dog. Like he just doesn't have that in him where he's gonna get fired up and fire the team up. You know. Yeah. Especially being in New York, like to me, it's just they have such. Per- he doesn't have the per- he doesn't have personality. That's the word. Well, 
I I mean, the Giants don't like quarterbacks with personality, I think. But to be honest, yeah, I mean, he's not a he doesn't seem like he's a fighter. I think he's on a list of quarterbacks that I'm starting to make where I just don't see them having much of a future in the NFL. I mean, others that I would put on that list would be, of course, Ryan Tannehill. Um, Now, they did get the W last week against Cincinnati, right? But but that was King Henry, let's be honest. Um, Thank you. Another one, Russell Wilson struggling. Um, But he... He put up some good numbers last week, at least with three touchdowns, 200 yards. But that defense is not helping him. So I I think we see him for another season if he continues to do this kind of stuff. But he's definitely on a list to watch. And then Mac Jones. Oh, yeah. Kenny Kenny Pickett. Both of those guys, um, you know, and Desmond Ritter. You know, unfortunately... A lot of the guys that I was I was hoping we could see stay, take a step forward, all three of them right there. Alex can't pick quarterbacks, you know that. Hey, I was on C.J. Stroud. I'm I'm taking full credit for that one. No, no you were not. Were I you? was. He was my top. He was my top quarterback coming in. Okay, mine too. Yep. Yeah. No. 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 I. I agree. I. I think we're. We both okay. like CJ right, well, Stroud. I. We both like CJ Stroud. We both like Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Um, I think Bryce Young. Both of us were kind of like. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm like, is like the size is the is the issue, but the way they hyped up his brain made me say, you know what, he'll be okay, even if it's not this year. I think later on he'll be okay. Yeah. Because it's like two. You know, shockingly. Alabama has three quarterbacks, right, that have, I would say, higher ceilings than expected, which were Jalen Hurts. I know he went to Oklahoma, too. Jalen Hurts, um, Tua, Tagovailoa, and um, Bryce Bryce Young, which I, which is interesting. Bryce, now, he's a rookie, but I'm just going to you know give him some time to settle in a little bit, but so I'll give I'll say two and a half with high ceilings, which which is interesting to me. Because they were Alabama's not a pass happy um team. Yeah. But anyway, I was just happy to get that off my chest. I hope you were happy to get that off your chest for the Bills. Oh, yeah. Y'all did great. And Josh Allen's not the MVP favorite. Congrats to him on that. Uh let's see if we can secure it. But um, but yeah, next week is gonna be beautiful. I think the Seahawks are off, got a bye week, so we're gonna get 14 days to rest and and um get healthy and then mm-hmm. the bills you all play the giants no no you don't nope. play giants you play who do we play so we play jacksonville oh yeah yeah this has been talked jacksonville right? in london yeah i actually have family going to that game you're not they're they're, they're flying from uh new england in law, in law family, but still family, you know. Really? Yep. Okay. Okay, that's so. good. I like that. Um, that's gonna be a good game. I think that's gonna be really enjoyable. Um, I think you, you I definitely think you should win that game without issue. Um, and I'm and I'm assuming should, that should, right? Jacksonville, 
I think they're still in London. They played last week, so I don't. Think yeah, they yeah, they're back. they're staying in London. We're giving up a home game. This is, I, I mean, honestly, this is kind of BS in my in my book. It's like, okay, we know that Jacksonville loves London. There's no way you can play Jacksonville in London and have it be okay that that's that's your home game, not a Jacksonville home game. Um, that's true. It's not it's not a home game for you, but right. but I think a lot of teams are trying to break into that market anyway and yeah. secure like just you no know, get get more revenue I guess by entering a new market. So I know the Seahawks like Germany that's their spot. Yeah. Right. Like people in Germany love the Seahawks, so I respect that a lot. But yeah, I feel like assuming like because they've been there for two weeks, they might be homesick and maybe that might affect them and maybe make it easier for you to get the victory. I was making that assumption, but you know, we'll see how these adults are. Yeah, we'll see. I I think um with the population we have in in Buffalo, you know, maybe Poland is a good option for us. Um (laughs) I don't know. I'm laughing, but I, but I agree. I love it because it's true. It's, you're right. You're right. We love, yeah, we love our Polish uh, sausage and pierogies, and yeah, yeah. That I mean, we get, we've got a lot of Germans in in upstate Maybe Italy, Western Bill's New York. Mafia? That could work. Italy, yeah, we've got a lot of Italians, a lot of Irish. You know, any of them, really. I mean, Italy really should be where you tr- should aim for because I can see like the the ferocious energy of Italian fans when it comes to. Hmm. Football, regular football, like it's. I don't want to say it's. It, there's no competition, but it is very, very, very amazing. It's a beautiful sight, right? Yeah. Where so I think Italy would be. If I was the Bills, I would want to focus my energy on Italy. Yeah, there's at least at least maybe some stadiums that could fill the capacity that we'd want there. I don't. I don't know that Poland would nef- necessarily have the capacity. Um, their football leagues aren't aren't as big as the Italian ones. Um, exactly, but also it's just I feel like the Italian energy, the uh, the spirit of the Italians is really captured well with the Bills. Yeah, I mean i I don't know that I've ever thought of Italian energy in that way, but um, if they've if they've got it, we'll we'll definitely take it. Italian because Italians they have a they have a swagger about them, right? They're very family oriented. Like family is very important to them, and that connection, loyalty is very important to them as well. Um, and they they don't really shy away from things, right? They're very bold in their in their demeanors and how they move forward. And I feel like that's what the bill's all about, right? No matter the situation, is like no, no, no. We're not gonna quit. We're gonna fight through this. <laughs> Right, you got to figure this out, you know, and then we just keep on going. And then Josh Allen, his swagger, his his energy, his bravado, all that stuff—that's all. That's an Italian flair to me. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I I want the best of all of the worlds, and we'll we'll take Switzerland, we'll take the the Germans, the Italians, and the French in Switzerland, and get that you Swiss money. That? You know, they they understand the cold like us. Um, you know, the Alps are pretty high. We like, we like snow. They like snow. We've got a lot in common, you know, um, you just want to be from the Roman empire again, then <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I, will, heard. <laughs> I will say, uh, Dortmund, 
uh, Germany is the uh, sister city of Buffalo. So um, in in some ways, that is there's a connection there. So I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying, you know, that that Dortmund Stadium is a nice stadium. I've been there and, uh, you know, maybe oh. maybe we make some friends in Germany and, and try to challenge the Seahawks there. Leave us alone, all right? We, we already have Germany. That's our place. That's our spot. Okay? Let Germany be good. They're, they happy with what we, they saw what we did last night. They say yes. You know, <laughs> honestly, I feel like you'll have better luck on the other side. You know, like you've you're. It's just so far for you, man. It's really worth thinking about you. You're on the west coast. Maybe you guys go to Russia or something. You know, something closer. Yeah. New, new, new. German, Germans are happy. You know, we sell out <laughs> in Germany. I'm no, sorry, you just, plus, you just, no you just lied to our listeners. Um, Germans are not happy. That is, that is a f- bad. That's, that's a bad take. That's like, we're happy with Germany. That's what I said. I thought that's what I said. We're happy with Germany. Germany is happy with us. For, right? for the record, for the record, I am German. So that, in terms of German heritage, so. Okay, that's where that's so coming have, from. <laughs> so you, you, I understand your bias there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very biased. Be uh, the representative of your, yeah. your heritage. Yeah. But Seahawks will take care of it. You know, the Bills are just the Seahawks of the East anyway. So the Germans don't want the Seahawks of the East. They want the Seahawks. That's you know? so offensive on so many levels. It's not because we actually want a Super Bowl. <laughs> but. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, why don't we get on? It, you know, we did, we do have a short show here. We we could we could stick to the program and make it a short show, or we could go on with this. Um, All right, let's go. Week four lessons learned. All right, we're talking about um, things that we learned. We got three things here for you. First thing, uh, fantasy football as a percentage game, aka calculated risks. All right. So, you want me to talk through this one a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm thinking here is we have to remember when it, it, and this is a good time to review it because week four, we've had some bumps and bruises. Probably every one of us, you know, we live the game just as much as you guys. Fantasy football, you're you're playing guys and on paper, sometimes it looks like you have the best team in the league and you should absolutely, you're projected to win your matchup, all of that. And yet you lose. And why is that? Because fantasy football is a percentage game. Your guys are projected to have the most points, but remember you, there's a percent chance that they don't have those. It's just a projection, right? You, You know, the games actually have to be played. It's it's a little bit about the X's and O's. It's a little bit about what we expect to go in and who who is known to be good. But then you have people that we learn are good through the season, like Puka Nukua, for example, or yep. uh, Kyron Williams. You know, these players that you know, for some of us were on our radar, for some of us weren't necessarily on our radar, but like there's so many players that had the same kind of hype that Puka had and yet didn't have the success or haven't had the success yet. 
I mean, you look at Michael Wilson in Arizona, same exact storyline in the offseason, except Michael Wilson still had a starter in front of him at his position. So he's been held back a little bit by that. That's true. That's interesting. And then um, that's something, it's funny, me, I don't look at that um, in terms of like when you look at the percentages and stuff like that. I don't look at that. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons that it hurts me. And that's a great way to choose um, who you want. But it's funny because I I would, I try to listen to you know, podcasts and shows on the relationships people are forming with the quarterback, mainly mm-hmm. because that tells me if they're going to get the ball or not. That's why, like, the, the only example I can give right now is Romeo Dobbs, right? And right. I said, Romeo Dobbs and Jordan Love have been forming like a really big bond off the field. And I think that's going to allow Dobbs to capitalize. And I think this year he has capitalized a bit in terms of his target shares, right? But it hasn't fully translated because he's not getting all the touchdowns. Watson's getting the touchdowns, right? Right. Um, And so, and that's and that's part of it too. Is Christian Watson's been out? He just had his first game back, and so you know it kind of is that that idea of okay, where which came first? Did it? Was it the Watson being out that helped Dobbs or was it the um, Dobbs connection with love? Right. Exactly. And so and you and you did say that in the beginning of the year about Watson will take away from Dobbs. He's mm-hmm. going to be their number one. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No. And I just to bring it back to the idea of this percentage game and, and bringing it a step further is that we have to. In fantasy football, we have to take calculated risks. You you know, we can talk all day here to our listeners about, okay, you should start this player or this player. But the reality is on your roster, you're going to only be able to, the, the players that you're going to need to start to win your games are dependent on the other players on your roster. For example, if I have Christian McCaffrey on my team, I've got an automatic, you know, that boosts the floor of my team. And I can take some risks elsewhere that I couldn't otherwise take because I didn't have that that baseline amount of fantasy points. Similarly, if you've got, you know, somebody like Patrick Mahomes at the quarterback position or, or um, you know, Josh Allen, where you're like expecting a steady stream of points in that position, you you can then say, okay, well, I'm okay getting, you know, having a having a player with a uh, a low floor, but a but a high ceiling, and really shoot for the moon, or instead you could say, okay, well, I've got I've got some real upside, you know, with with uh you know Tyree Kill for example and therefore my second wide receiver is okay to be Drake London because if I've got Tyree Kill in one in one wide receiver position it's okay to have somebody with a low ceiling like Drake London in my second wide receiver position because they're going to even each other out and and I'm going to end up averaging you know 
the percentage chance of me having a good week is higher because I've got Tyree Kill giving me the upside, but uh, I'm getting a baseline with with Drake London um, or somebody like Romeo Dobbs, who, you know, they're getting a good amount of targets. So you feel good about them week in, week out. And I never thought about that. And I think also, even if you compare those people, you can, if you could pair those people with rookies mm-hmm. who might pan out or second year people who might pan out, um, it does give you an opportunity to see that. And because if they do perform, you might have draft capital, you might have capital to trade and get even more capital going forward to better um, strengthen your team. I never thought about it like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so that's one one lesson that we learn every year for through the first four weeks of the season, but it's always worth pointing out is, you know, even though you, you can be disappointed from by your team and then still go out the next week and play the same guys and, and find success. You know, it's, um, it's not always worth, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of jumping to our third point here, but it's not always worth playing the po- playing the hot hand, you know, or biting on an outlier game. Um, you know, we kind of have to we have to judge. You know, last week, for example, last week meaning week three, we saw Devon Achan or Achan have the most points of any running back in the NFL on that week. And quite frankly, he surpassed then all rookie points on the year as of that game. But did that mean that we had to start him the next week? Did that mean he was a good start? I don't know. Mostert, Mostert had a great game as well. And Mostert, Mostert was the lead back. So from that from that stance and and most it's been good all year. So why would we then pivot to A-Chain A-Chan when he he kind of came in in relief in a wild 70 point game. You know, we love rookies so it was like, okay, yeah, I really want to believe in him. So I'll be honest with you, I didn't start A-Chan this past week in week 4 and yeah, that probably was a mistake, but the process was kind of correct, at least the way that I saw it, was, okay, you look at that Buffalo game, A-Chan still only got, like, something like eight carries. It was it was kind of wild because, you know, as a Buffalo fan and as a, as a Moster, a largely Moster owner, I was very conscious every time that uh, A-Chan got a snap and and it felt like he was getting way more snaps than I wanted him to. Um, but yeah, eight eight attempts, <laughs> eight rushing attempts. He did have five receptions, so that's that's important to note too. But um, you know, that's pretty low for a running back, but he had a hundred and one yards and two touchdowns, you know, and so so he had a great game, right? But from the process of is he getting the touches? Not really. Still, you know, so going into week five, then what's the answer? This great up and coming player still not getting the snaps, kind of having great games, but 
do we trust his workload? Especially when, you know, it might not, you know, last week wasn't a great matchup, but this week coming up, guess who? The Giants. You know, it's a good matchup. So we like him, but is he going to be the guy that the ball bounces to, or is it going to be Mostert? Again, Buffalo game, Mostert had two fumbles. So was that the reason why A-Chain got the important carries in the goal line? I don't mm-hmm. know. So again, those are that's kind of where y- you have to find the balance between playing the hot hand and or biting on it on what could be an outlier game. So sometimes it's an outlier game. Um, we've definitely already had examples of that this year. You know, um, looking at <clears throat> thinking about guys that flashed in in week one do you have any any guys offhand that flashed in week one yeah or or just for one week <sighs> all right let's see jordan, okay. jordan addison had a really good week one i believe jordan addison oh. did yeah yeah jordan addison is so he's a tough cookie because again if you're looking at his snap percentages you know, they're they're in the like 50s, 60s, and then it went up to 70s in week three. And then week four goes back down to the 50s and he has zero receptions, one target all of yeah. a sudden out of nowhere. You know, so it, it's kind of it's kind of wild. But again, I started him because the percentage chance of him having a good game was was in the right place. You know, he was more likely to have a good game than a bad game. True. Zay Flowers flashed week one, too. Zay Zay Flowers flashed. Um, Zay Jones flashed. Yeah. Um, Calvin Ridley flashed, too, didn't he? Calvin Ridley flashed. Yeah. Yeah, right now. So that's that's another guy that's kind of tough. The whole Jacksonville offense. Christian Kirk has been yeah. actually the best guy to own in the last three weeks. And of course, where has he been on my team when I have him? He's been on my bench because I haven't trusted him the whole time. Because <laughs> <laughs> because Zay I know, I know. Well, because because of that game from Calvin Ridley. And did I play that right? Probably not. I probably could have said, okay, well, that Calvin Ridley game was a fluke, right? Hey, that's that's where you got to trust your gut a little bit because you there's so many variables where you're you just have to go with what you think is is right. You kind of a lot of people use the phrase bet on talent. And, you know, what happens when what you saw last year from Christian Kirk goes up against like this guy that hasn't played in two years, but he was amazing two years ago. That's true. But and I but I will say even watching um some of the Jacksonville games, mm-hmm. I don't think he made a bad call because Ridley actually had chances to continue his progression the way he has. Yep. He just he got unlucky. Like even last game, he legit caught the a beautiful touchdown. He caught it, but yeah. he had one little itty bitty toe touching that white line, right? And it was tough. And also, it wasn't even his fault. The ball came a little late. 
team that they were supposed to. So things like that, I think when they get the, their timing down, I think you're going to realize that, yeah, it was, the, it was the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. And Zay Jones has been out with an injury too. So Christian Kirk has been on kind of a diminishing timeline for the whole time. So it's, it's tough to see points happen on your bench, but you just got to keep making making the percent chance decisions, betting on talent, betting on the um the the workloads really um and what you see there. So and that that kind of brings us to our third point which we had listed second here, but I kind of skipped it. Um this sunk cost fallacy and falling on your sword versus selling low and right and riding the roller coaster. You know, what so there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of metaphors that we're speaking in here, but the the sunk cost fallacy is basically okay, I've I've made this trade. In my case, again, using using the example of Christian Kirk, I've made this trade. I should start Christian Kirk, right? I've I've put so much effort in. Um, you know, maybe another Another uh, good example is uh, Jonathan Taylor, another failure of mine. You know, he, I traded big for him last year. And then he really disappoints a lot of its injury. He's maybe finally coming back. But like through this whole process, there's been a huge sunk cost issue for me because I'm like, I've spent way too much money on this guy to be, you know, giving him away for pennies. And so there comes a time, you know, and it's kind of constant where you're trying to make that decision. Okay. Do I, do I fall on my sword and, and take the loss and potentially selling low? Or do I say, I'm, I'm going to just ride or die with this guy. You know, it's, it's interesting because even in real life, um, the Giants have this problem with Daniel Jones. We just paid this guy. This guy is garbage. How come no one told us he was garbage? Crap. <laughs> and then you look in the next year's draft, and they're talking about they have some amazing quarterbacks coming out next year. And it's yep. like, we need to hop off this guy, this shit, right? And maybe just take this take this L like, and get somebody better for the future. And I think for us playing dynasty we get a we get a slither i'm talking about a, a fraction of the taste that some of these gms go through and it's an opportunity to really analyze you know should i just you know take the l here or there you know now are there a better place coming for me for example oh peep public service announcement i won a game i won a game. <laughs> like this is crazy Wait, 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 wait. Should you tell us again who is responsible for that win? Seahawks. <laughs> Seahawks defense. Like, this is how bad my team is. The person I played against had two empty positions, the the quarterback and a the receiver. They weren't even filled because they were in there. There were injuries um, and people were out. So my team is so bad, we still only won by, like, 10 points. <laughs> so, all right. But here's the thing. For me, I'm not tripping on it too much. I knew this was going to be a big, long, streamless rebuild. I have some good pieces. They're young, and they'll start to click later on. But next year, you know, but I may have a piece or two that are really good 
Then I, I was going to trade him anyway, like Mike Williams. I was going to trade him. But he then got hurt, so I'm screwed, right? I was going to trade Aaron Rodgers. He got hurt. I'm screwed. I was going to trade Jeff Wilson. He got hurt. I'm screwed. Like There are people who I'm like, it's a sunk cost, and I'm going to have to trade these people. Um, but the goal was to get better picks, especially with next year's draft coming. I would love to get pick up um, two or three more receivers, honestly, mm-hmm. um, and maybe one quarterback. But really, I know who I want to pick up. But the thing is, um, so my thing is, I'm not thinking about those calls too much. I mean, I inherited the bad, the bad team anyway. I feel like the Browns. I just inherited this situation, and I just do my best with it, right? But I'm, I'm definitely not attached to any player right. other than the ones that are on Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that's 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 that's. I agree with you 100 percent on that. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it, it it's important to remind ourselves of these these points because you got to you got to find the balance it's a little bit about mentality control not getting too high or too low on any one player um you know not staking your whole um your whole world that you know this one take that you make in this week is going to make or break your season um you know it's just consistently finding the right calls, getting, gathering your information and and making your calls. So to that point, um, Jib, why don't we make our calls for this week and who our starts of the week are going to be for, for week five. Well, and we always kick the segment off with, of course, um, a little bit of um, accountability on our parts with how we did last week. So do you want to kick us off in that realm? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So last week, you know, we had a an okay battle. Um, well, we had okay picks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say overall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, the quarterback I chose was Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he did okay. My running back was Jerome Ford. He did okay. My wide receiver was Romeo Dobbs. He did good. My uh, what's it called? My tight end was Gerald Everett. He did bad. My defense. <sighs> Y'all already know who I picked, Seattle Seahawks, and they did amazing, amazing. Like I'm so happy. <laughs> and then my kicker was Greg Zerline. He did not. He was horrible. It was not great. All right, and so that gave me a grand total of. Hold on, let me do the pen. Let me do the zero. The the answer is zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, who yeah. did you pick? All right, so I I had a similar story here. Uh, Justin Fields versus Denver was great. Actually did really well throwing for the first time in his career. So that was nice to see. Um, Jalen Warren versus Houston was okay. Marvin Mims versus Chicago is okay. Dalton Kincaid versus Miami, not great. New Orleans defense versus Tampa Bay, not great. And Jake Moody versus Arizona, this dude kicked five extra points and scored five extra points. But five points for a kicker is just okay. So yeah. Um <laughs> so he was perfect on the day, but you know, what are you gonna He's do? Have for three points. Yep. Yeah, he didn't he didn't get any of that. So so I had so, zero points as well. So, so we tied. Gave, yep. So we took a half a win for that one. 
Yep. So I'm at 1.5 wins, and Alex here is at 2.5 wins. Yep. But this week is my week. I'm going to win this week. And you have no choice about it because my quarterback this week is Sam Howell versus the Bears. My running back is Devin A. Chain versus the Giants. They trash. My receiver, Tank Dell versus the Falcons. They're trash too. My tight end, Ferguson versus the 49ers. That's going to be a battle. I was still, I'm hoping Dak just dunks the ball to him all day. My defense is going to be the Lions versus the Panthers. That should be interesting. And then my kicker is Brandon Aubrey. You already know. Because that's going to be a kick. I feel like it's going to be a kick fest. I feel mm-hmm. like it. I don't know. Honestly, I I feel like I'm going to regret letting you have A-Chan. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see I, how I'll it goes. I'll pick somebody else if you want me to. I can, no, I can no, 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 I, no. No, it's, it's fine. It's fine. We need to we need to talk about how. No, no, no. We're going. No, David Montgomery's no better. <laughs> <laughs> um, Devon Achan is definitely it. I mean, it's a it's a real it's a real conundrum. Honestly, the the storyline hasn't changed, and I think I'm just at this point betting on the talent and saying I don't care what his workload is. It's probably going to go up, if anything, and therefore he's a startable asset, and he should be in the lineup if he if he can fit. Um. You know, I would I would picture him as I I kind of think of him as a guy that I would start in my top. He'd be a top twelve. You know, he's probably that twelfth running back in the league that I'd want in my lineup right now, and and that might be extreme, especially with a San Francisco t- style offense that likes to swap backs in and out um, and doesn't really care who gets the the heaviest workload in any given week at least historically um before the uh, before the uh, Christian McCaffrey times let's just say so my guys for this week quarterback Jordan Love versus Las Vegas Jaleel McLaughlin versus New York Jets um I'm going to be really happy if he outscores Devon Achan like that that to me, like if you look at the projections right now, you've got the percent chance, you know, here with Devon Achan. Um, Jaleel McLaughlin actually had a really good game last week. Um, he plays for Denver, by the way. If you didn't know that, he was undrafted rookie this year. Um, and he's technically behind Samaj P. Ron, but he had a better week than him last week in relief of Javonta Williams. So it'll be interesting who's more explosive in that team. They need to find some firepower. Wide receiver Alan Lazard versus Denver. So I got a couple um, eggs in this basket, but on either side of the ball. Um, And honestly, if the Jets do well in this game, my picks are probably less likely to do well, which is tough because I think Jets are probably going to, I don't know. It's it's one of those games where you're like, who's worse? The Denver off or the Denver defense or the Jets offense? Like who is going to suck more? And I'm, I don't know. I You can't make me choose. Okay, Jim, you can't make me. 
right. <laughs> Moving on. Um, tight end Durham Smythe um, on Miami versus New York Giants. And then defense, a, a defense that we've long thought of as a really bad defense, Houston Texans versus Atlanta, because Houston's a real defense. You guys got to pay attention to them. They're they're really good. And they've had like three excellent weeks in a row. Kicker. I mean, Jake... Nico not playing games. That's why he's a defensive. He's a defensive mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, kicker Jake Elliott versus Los Angeles Rams. He plays for Philadelphia. He's the real deal, guys. Um, yeah, he's a he's a really good kicker. Somebody said like he's top five in the league right now. Um, I'm not sure what they were going by, but um, I've kind of believed in this kid since he's a rookie. So I'm I'm excited to see him doing well. Should we yes. go over our last segment here? Yeah, let's see. Um, Fantasy rec- record woes. Yes. So what's so, it called? How we're are you? At- yeah. Yeah. We're looking at all of the different records you can have yeah. and kind yeah. of how, how you could be feeling right now and, and what you should be doing or thinking. Right. Exactly. And so. <laughs> first of all, I right, hear the, hear the thing. If you're for no, um, we're labeling you as in it to win it, right? If you're three and one, we're labeling you as push for a run, which is like you're still there. Two and two, you're in the mix. One and three, you're asking yourself, "Am I out?" Uh, oh and four, are you saying I'm not dead yet? This is where I was. This was funny. Am <laughs> I out? And then oh and four, you should be technically out, but you're like, "I'm not dead yet." What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So one and Full. two, you're thinking about your dead, and then oh and four, you're like, I'm not dead, I'm not dead. <laughs> please, so please gloomy. tell me you've seen Monty Python in the Holy Grail. I have not. Oh my gosh! All right, homework for Doctor Chib is to watch that movie. So there's a um a TV show. No, it there's there's multiple things from Monty Python, but this is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So the scene is is that there's a plague going around and a guy is picking up dead bodies from, from the, the town. Okay. And this guy throws, throws a body in and it's his, you know, dad or whatever. And the, the body, um, you know, the dad is in the cart with all of the dead people. And he starts yelling like, I'm not dead yet. And so he's trying not to get thrown out. So that's where that quote comes from. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. All right. So and my my movie. wife always my wife always tells me that it jokes are funnier when I explain them. So um, that's sarcasm. So I'm sure that was enjoyable <laughs> for the listeners. <laughs> um, well, what what's your record? So <laughs> depends what league. I've actually got. I literally have all of these records, which um, says something about how many leagues I'm in. But <laughs> in our league, I'm two and two, and I was hoping to be winning. You know, I was hoping to be four and zero, oh, or you know, I I knew it would be tough because I I added a lot of youth this year, so I'm hoping for a late season push, really. But I consider myself in the mix. I'm not going to make any dramatic moves. 
at two and two, you kind of could. You could like it depends what you are expecting when you came into the year. And what you're looking at with your current team, if you're seeing that your league or your team is paper thin and that you're you're probably not going to be pushing for a title, it's it's a bad idea at two and two to already to try to like buy your way in to more wins. Now, if you're three and one, I, I think that's a different story. Um you know, and the, the the difference between those two records is paper. You know, it's paper thin. But it, I don't. If, if you're two and two, I wouldn't try to sell all of your picks, for example, just to get a few more assets to then make a run. Unless, unless you've won. Or unless you've lost like really close games with really high points, you know, if you if you need to make a few adjustments for that, then then okay, make the make the push. But you, that's why overall, when we're talking about any of these records, you need to evaluate your own team, see what it actually looks like from top to bottom. You need depth to really make a a run at a title. You can't be paper thin. So it's important to remember that. Um, So once you've evaluated your team, you can then, you know what you're going for and you can exploit opportunities as they come. Like you were saying, Dr. Chip, when you're hoping for Aaron Rodgers to have a couple good games and then you sell them high and you say, okay, great. I exploit that opportunity of, You know, people are going to want him for a win now run. He's doing great. Sell him. Get get something good for him. Get some assets. Yep. (laughs) Versus or, you know, and then versus the other side of it where that that win now team, they they are. If you're win now, you probably should be going for, you know, somebody like um you know, if what we thought Aaron Rodgers would be, right? Somebody that is maybe a little bit older, but can give you some real value, like Adam Thielen. You know, Adam Thielen is a perfect example of this kind of win now type of guy that you can exploit from a bad team to kind of get you a better a better record move. And then, and then step three is basically, I said, enjoy the spoils because, you know, you can, you can then take advantage of those, those opportunities. So from that perspective, Dr. Chip, as, as two and two, my, my thought is, is I'm still in the mix. You know, I'm not doing, I'm not happy with where I'm at, but I'm still in the mix. Um, How about you? <laughs> it, you're, you're in less, you're in fewer leagues than I'm in. Where where are you standing as as of right now? Well, I'm one and three, and my t- my team has been decimated with injuries, so I'm like I'm out. But I'm out, but I'm up for the 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 opportunity to learn actually to try new things, whether it's trades or do my research, all that stuff. So even though I'm out in terms of being able to win this league, I'm not out in terms of being effective as a dynasty player and owner. 
I, I can now now I can challenge myself to find other solutions and look at other metrics or other ways to strengthen my team or prepare for the future. So I think that's that's where that's where I'm at for sure. Yes, last week's win was a shock. I, I didn't expect to win, but it was cool that I won. Um, but to stay competitive, I'm still going to make roster moves, and those roster moves might turn out to be a really good thing, like Dobbs. Dobbs has been really great this year. Like last week, he had 28 points, I think, um, again, which is and that was against the 49ers. I wasn't against like a scrub team, so that 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 gave me a lot of hope that okay, maybe um, I have something here that's worth even trading in the future for some assets, right? Because Dobbs is not my long term future, but someone might really want him as a backup. Right, but he is a yeah. good backup. I might keep myself, but we'll see. Um, and then just uh, just the recommendation for you: you might want to trade Job Dobbs to the guy that you just beat, since he has no quarterbacks. That is true. Yeah, I probably will do that. I'll say, hey, you want Dobbs because you need help. <laughs> um, yeah. that's a good one. See, that's something I I never even thought about that. I wonder who Woody will give it for him because that guy is actually he. He does have a decent team, and I think at the beginning of the year we were we were looking at his team as top top three in our league, and all of a sudden he's sitting at two and two, and like shoot, uh, he lost to me, and he lost to you. Dang, he need help. Yeah, yeah. So so he might be in a little bit of a desperate uh, area there. Gotcha. Okay, maybe I'll reach out to him and say, hey, man, I saw you had no quarterback. I, that, that win didn't feel as good as it could have. Um, let's get a trade going here. I wonder what he'll give me for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's a good question. In a dynasty league with a quarterback that's probably only going to be around for, I mean, actually his shelf life in this league is probably in the order of weeks, not seasons. Um, because we're kind of counting down until Kyler Murray comes back. But you know who's gonna pick him up when the time comes? Um, who's gonna pick up Kyler Murray? No, Dobbs. Oh, who's that? I have a I have a couple teams on my list. I said you might want to try him out. Patriots. <laughs> 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 like, hey, let me go ahead and grab this Dobbs guy and see what he does. That's one. Number two, Falcons. The Falcons might uh, want to try him out. Right. Yeah. Um, now, but it's, it's worth remembering, too, that um, Dobbs knew the system that he's in now. So it it might be more of a, a symptom of the system. Familiarity situation versus a. Uh, He's just elite. Okay, right. that can be true. That can be true. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I won't. I won't try to fleece the guy. But I was trying to get something fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would. It. I would think something in the order of a third round, second round pick. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Second round, actually, it was like yeah, yeah. Good. I would. I would certainly try for a second round. Um, but yeah, if no, no, it's funny. If I traded him now, I wouldn't have a quarterback for next week because I think. Is Indiana? They have a bye week this week. No, they don't. Not this week. Indiana. You, you mean Indianapolis? <laughs> Are they in Indiana? No. Where's Indianapolis at? <laughs> oh no. Yeah, yeah Indiana. Right. 
I'm looking it up. I'm not. You say you're American. You say you're American, I think. <laughs> I am American. <laughs> I don't know. You're calling me not American. I guess it is. It is Indiana. <laughs> and, you know, once upon a time, I used to be really good at geography. Oh my god. I'm good at geography, but I sure don't know where where I'm going or where I'm at. <laughs> so yeah. I mean it makes a lot of sense. Indiana Indiana polis literally go. means city. So city of Indiana. There you but, go. Yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where my head's at, man. I'll right. just blame it on your sickness. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, and this yeah, I don't know. I've been fine all day, so I don't know what's going on. But it is late. So anyway, let's wrap it up. Okay. Let's go to sleep. Yes. <laughs> so for if you're in four and zero, oh, you're good to oh, go. Four. Do what you need to stay in the in the um in the mix in the in the running here, top of the league. Um, that might involve making some win now moves. Um, somebody I mentioned Adam Thielen. That might be the route to go, you know, some of those older guys that can still help you um, get points, add depth. Um, you know, this might be a trading picks away um, for real assets, real now assets. Um, three and oh, or three and one, you might feel like you need a little something extra. I would really, I'd really urge you to evaluate your real, realistic chances, um, depth, and also like, what is the ceiling of your team um, to determine whether it's worth giving up your assets for this run. And, and if that is the case, then, then go for it. You're you one loss is not going to set you back in a season. Not, not to that extent. So um, definitely go for it. Two and two, two and two is risky, man. You're, you're, you're stuck in the middle and that's never a good place to be. So, you know, you probably I'm not going to say you have to burn it all to the ground, because if you're in the middle of a rebuild and you're like, OK, I just added some youth like I did. I just revamped my team. My team's not going to be dead next year. So, you know, I'm not going to burn it all to the ground just to see, you know, if I can make a run or if I can, you know, go and get like five first round picks for all of my players. Like then I'll be just trying to get back to where I am now. So, um, you know, just hold steady with your team. You don't have to be high. You don't have to be low. One in three. Um, you're probably not in it to win it this season, and you should probably start making moves to push you into a better position for next year. And that might be betting on youth that is underperforming now. Um. You know, people like Jackson Smith and Jigba that haven't done anything really, but we think they have a bright future ahead of them. Yeah. Um, Owen four, you know, same same mentality. Just bet on the bet on talent for the future, bet on picks. Um, you know, move certainly one in three, oh and four. You gotta start moving some of these guys. Um that are older to those contenders. Um, that's what a healthy league does. Um, and it just, 
helps with trades and stuff like that. That being said, if you have like an all-star roster and you somehow find yourself at 0-4, don't don't freak out, right? I don't know. I I mean, it, I would I would feel the same way if I'm at 0-4 with an all-star roster, star studs, going to be fine next year. I would think of myself in the two and two mindset. Again, you got to evaluate your team and what it's looking like. Right. Any, any last thoughts on this chip? I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I have a stacked team. I'm, I'm one and three, so I'm in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> so anyway, so thank you everybody for joining us. Next week, we're talking week five reactions and week six outlook. Follow and message us on Instagram at Blue Collar Dynasty on Twitter at Born Football. That's B-O-R-N-E football. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen. That's our weekly podcast, y'all. Don't forget to choose happiness and spread love. Give them hell.